0: Hey, everybody, Michael Gray here for the Detroit Lions podcast, complete with some preseason theater. It's week number three of the preseason, which means the game is utter trash and means next to nothing except for the bottom parts of the roster of not just Lions, but other teams. Still some burning questions, so I thought we'd go with some dramatic reenactments of the biggest questions coming out of the preseason. Cue the big budget intro Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is... The Detroit Lions Podcast. Before I get started, and as always, please rate, review, and subscribe to the channel. That's how we get to do what we do. Feel free to reach out to me. On social media I'm trying to get a presence on threads personally I think Twitter or X or Elon's world or whatever it is we're calling it this week um, that thing burst into flames at any moment so if you can find me on threads at the Michael Gray all the way around Instagram Facebook Twitter all those places and while you're here subscribe to the channel because otherwise uh, we all go extinct let's get to the big questions from the preseason as presented In theatrical form. What is Dan Campbell even doing? Dan Campbell is doing exactly what he told us he was going to do. He has been steadfast in his opinion that inter-squad practice sessions and getting two teams together for these multi-day sets is as important or even more important Than the preseason games themselves. He sees great value in the work that he's getting for his players, and his players seem to echo that. You listen to David Montgomery when he says, We got the work in that we needed. He knows what he needs to do because he's a veteran player. Dan Campbell reserves the preseason games for rookies that need reps and a chance to show out, and roster bubble players that might look better in helmets and pads than they did in shorts. He needs to know who he can trust, he needs to fill out his roster. He uses the preseason for that. And he told us that he was going to use the preseason for that. It's exactly what the plan is all along. We need to get wise of the fact that Dan Campbell is doing exactly what Dan Campbell said he was going to do. It's weird. I have trust issues. You're a Lions fan. You have trust issues. Those are well-earned. But Dan Campbell is doing exactly what he said he is going to do. And as a former player, probably has a better-than-average grasp on just exactly who needs what in terms of work and reps and snaps in the preseason. Dan Campbell gonna Dan Campbell. That's what Dan Campbell is doing. Where in the hell are all the starters? Question about the starters? It's everywhere. It's all over my Twitter feed. It's on the Slack channel. Everybody wants to know why the starters didn't get a single snap in the preseason and likely won't see any snaps in Game 3 against the Panthers. It goes back to the previous question about Dan Campbell. He wants his veteran players to get work in the preseason and in training camp. And work is not the same as reps. Now, obviously, everybody needs work. And to some extent, form or fashion, everybody needs reps. But not everybody needs the same reps. The guys on the bubble trying to make a a team, trying to earn a roster spot, those guys need to go out and bowl out. They need to show you that they can return a kick when it matters, that they're going to be assignment sound in a game when the bullets are flying live. Your veteran players don't need that. Your veteran players need work. They need the time in practice. They need the time in the classroom. They need the time to build some cohesion the way that veteran players do. The rookies and the bubble guys, those dudes need reps and they're not the same. So that's where the starting players are, they're over getting work while the other guys trying to make a roster and trying to get some NFL experience under their rookie belt, those guys get the reps. And again, this team keeps telegraphing what they're doing. They keep telling us exactly how they feel about how they should be doing business. They did it in the draft when everybody freaked out and they're doing it now. Sooner or later, and again, going back to the previous question and the trust issues, I've got them. I get it. We're going to have to accept that the Lions are on the cutting edge of some things. And that is not a sentence I have ever said. I've never imagined myself saying that sentence. But they are on the cutting edge of some things. They, are, they have crafted a plan based on their core beliefs and ultimate confidence in their strategy. And they are going about executing it year by year and step by step. And that is where the starters are. They're off getting work. And we won't see them until Thursday night in Kansas City. What if the entire offensive line gets hurt? This one's easy, and I covered this a little bit last week, and I know that Chris and Jeff talked about it on the live show a couple of days ago. If all five of the Lions' offensive linemen go down with an injury, we're screwed! As fans, it's over, Johnny. Put him in a body bag. Yeah, that's a Karate Kid reference in the year 2023. Google it, kids. Um, that's that's no good. It's no bueno. It's also not very likely that you're going to lose all five guys. Um, and if any team in the NFL, by the way, loses all five of their starting offensive linemen, it's done. It's over because offensive line depth is a myth. It's like, leprechauns or the salary cap. Doesn't exist. It's a figment of your imagination. And the Lions are no different than any other team in that regard. That said, all five offensive linemen aren't, Knockwood going down with an injury. So we can just stop talking about it. Nobody's got offensive line depth and the Lions aren't going to lose all five starters anyway. And if they do, uh, you can pull this video back up to where I said in the beginning that if that happens, it's a bad day. It's over. So that's not going to happen. And we can all stop talking about it. What do we even know about this team? How are you going? With the, what do we know about this team question? I'll go back to my original point about Dan Campbell. We know Dan Campbell knows this team. And that's not, uh, that's not a comfortable feeling because there hasn't been a lot of confidence inspiring head coaching coming from Detroit in a long, long time. But Dan Campbell knows this team. He's been asked over and over again by local and national media throughout the last few weeks how he feels about the team and every single time he says it feels good. That's not something that a coach with any worries about his starters is going to say. He's been appropriately cautious about saying we still have to do the work and nobody's given us anything yet. We didn't make the playoffs and on and on and on. But Dan Campbell knows his team and he feels good enough about this team to sit the starters that he sat in the preseason, to get the rookies reps, to get them ready to go out there and contribute in the way that they're going to need to. And he knows that the foundation is cured. The cement is set. That's what we know about this team. We know Dan Campbell feels that way. We know Brad Holmes feels that way. What that means is we should feel that way. And if you'd like to know what we should know about this team – Look at the questions that the coaching staff is asking in the preseason. It's really as simple as that. Dan Campbell knows his squad. What questions is he trying to answer? Well, he's trying to decide about roster depth on the defensive line. He's trying to find guys to flesh out this back half of the secondary. He's trying to get the rookies sometime to see whether or not they can be included in sub packages in week one against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and the defending champions. Those are the questions he has. He's trying to answer those questions in the preseason, and that makes me feel pretty good. The fact of the matter is, if he's so far down the line that he's thinking about the fringe parts of the roster and the depth at units like the secondary that have been absolutely desolate for seasons in the past, we're in a good spot. So that's what we know about this team. We know the coach has a firm grasp on just exactly what he has and what he doesn't have. We know that he's confident enough to go ahead and use the preseason as a test for dudes that might not be on the roster in a week's time. There's great comfort in that. He's got absolute confidence in his guys. It's taken two years to get there, and we've arrived at that point. That's what we know about this team in the preseason, and that feels pretty good. Do we have any wide receivers? Like any? Do you know? This one is actually kind of a good question. Are there any receivers on this team? Amon Ross St. Brown is a monster. So yes, there's one. And then there's Josh Reynolds and Marvin Jones. And those guys are pretty good, solid veterans. Jamison Williams, still a question mark and an absent one at that. Go back two videos about why I'm not going to delve too deeply into the Jamison Williams question, but this is where his absence hurts the most in an obvious way. If there is a position of need and a potential thing to worry about uh, that Lions fans can obsess on, it's the wide receiver position. Amin Rasain Brown, he better be working on those pull days in the gym to avoid throwing his back out trying to carry this team. It's also going to fall on Ben Johnson. Because the fact of the matter is, the wide receiver core is lackluster. Uh, If you look around the league at some of the things that teams have on their rosters, Miami, San Francisco, you can get pretty envious. But Ben Johnson is a guy that Lions fans by now should trust to find ways to use the run game, to use the running backs, to use the tight end position, to find ways to get guys open. And we've seen it. In different points in the preseason, there are times, especially deep in the red zone, when the Lions get close in the end zone, there's somebody like, I don't know, whatever Chase Coda is, wide open. And sometimes Ben Johnson just makes it look easy regardless of the personnel. Remember that Zylstra and Brock Wright looked pretty good last year at the tight end position making plays. And those aren't dudes that anybody was counting on this time a year ago. So it's going to fall on Ben Johnson, especially through those first six weeks, when there is no Jamison Williams, and it's going to fall on Amon Ross St. Brown, and it's going to fall on Khalif Raymond. He's going to have to go out there and ball out, and then it's going to be about cobbling these things together. Now, I say this from some experience, my time in Seattle covering the Seahawks. I watched the Seattle Seahawks win a Super Bowl when their wide receivers were considered lackluster and lacking. They went out and got Percy Harvin in the the offseason. They brought him in. He didn't play until the Super Bowl. Didn't matter. The wide receivers were called appetizers on national TV by Deion Sanders. Didn't matter. Golden Tate and Doug Baldwin, they found a way. So there is a blueprint for doing this. The Lions have experience with these guys, and they have an excellent offensive coordinator and at least one certified bona fide G on that roster. After that, we'll see. Finally, one last addition to the enemies list. I'm not going to do this thing once the regular season starts. I figure it's probably time to focus on the games at hand once the, uh, the bullets are live and the scores actually matter. Who else could we put on the enemies list to wrap this thing up? Then the week one opposition, the defending champs, the Kansas City Chiefs. Fact of the matter is, it's time to think about real football and Kansas City can make you look absolutely foolish on national television. Andy Reid is really, really good when he's got time to prepare for an opponent. Patrick Mahomes really is generational at quarterback. These guys are very good. There's a reason they win the ranks. There's a reason they're always in contention. And there's a reason that the league put the Lions on the field with them to start the season in front of the entire world. And that's really exciting It's also a little bit scary. I mentioned last week, my vibe check, when I went back to Michigan, everybody was talking about the fact that the uh, state of Michigan, obviously the city of Detroit, were set to pop if the Lions somehow beat the Chiefs. I'll take it one step further. Um, Looking respectable against the Chiefs will go a long way. But the fact remains that if the Lions do drop that game, there's a 10-day period where they will be off before they get ready for their first home game against Seattle, another strong opponent. And that's going to be a really long 10 days. Fact of the matter is, if they go out there and they lose to the Chiefs, everybody's going to go, eh, I knew it, not ready for primetime. The Chiefs are just better. The Lions might be better, but they're not great. Blah, 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 blah. It's going to be a really long week and a half, man. So if there's any way at all that the football gods could smile on Detroit and the Lions could get that win, it'd be rocket fuel in the machine. And I'm looking forward to getting started with it, and I hope you are too. That's it for me. Thanks again for taking the time. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the channel uh, with all of the links. The, uh, the shares and subscriptions really do go a long way in uh, helping us do what we do. And what we do is expanding. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, you're missing out on the daily DLP and uh, the world's saltiest Canadian, Ash. There are a host of new contributors, not just Ash, but Zach and Russ and myself, or as Jeff Risden refers to us, depth. I heard that, Risden. I heard that. Yeah, goudy McShingles. Ha, Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> ha, Next time I'm in West Michigan, you and I, friend, we're in there. I don't know, we'll probably just have beers. At any rate, um, find us on TikTok. We are there now as well. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time. We'll see you next time. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go, up, baby. Lines on three. One, two, three. Yes! You've had enough of that shit.